do 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 I could put some real theme music on this episode But I'm just gonna do this instead Cause it feels good to do Alright, heyo, uh, hello Welcome back Welcome back Welcome back to For the Love of Life And you know uh, here I am, Latea, here again, still always for the love of life. That's what I'm about here. The love of life is the love of that which we all are, is the love of laughing, is the love of learning, is the love of loving, is the love of all loves, is the love of everything. The love of life is everything. It's about looking for ways to feel better about all things because in feeling because in feeling better about things I think we make better choices and I think we um, understand things in a in a way that allows us to take action that ends up being more effective than if we were taking action from a place of not feeling good. Um, but yeah, so here for the love of life, where we are here for the love of life. Because <sighs> it's worth loving and it's so worth it to be alive. And if you don't feel that way, then I'm happy that you're here. And if you do feel that way, then I'm happy that you're here. And and I just, I just hope that... Um, Maybe you'll have a little laugh. Maybe you'll feel a little lighthearted. Maybe, maybe you'll you'll think, "Who's oh, this chick? And why is she? What is up with this woman? Is she crazy?" Um, or maybe you'll just shut it off. But I hope that you don't. But if you do, it's all good. Um, because for me, I need this to be a process about expressing the things that want to come out of me, and not about trying to. Um, satisfy an expectation on behalf that I anticipate somebody else is going to have. You know, I have to do it for me, for the love of my process and honoring my impulse and um, allowing myself to express in the way that I really, 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 you know, I would never be a very good DJ. You know what? Don't say that, Latea. Don't give up on your... It's not a dream yet, but it could be. Hey, you know what? Maybe at some point I'll be like, hey, I really wish that I could just do the wick wick, you know, whatever they call it. Um, and obviously this is an audio, so you can't tell, but I did that little, I was pretending to, uh, you know, on the turntable. But anyways, doesn't matter. The, the DJ thing is not even a dream of mine. But you know what is? Um, expressing myself honestly and enthusiastically and playfully and um yeah allowing myself to just say the things that come up because i got things that come up and they want to come out so i'm just gonna let them come out so hey thank you for being here and here we go i believe that we don't do anybody a service by joining them in their problem and you know, we see that with 
with the dogs again because that's the example of this episode let's just continue to use that um yeah if a dog is acting out in some way joining them in that way of being amplifies the behavior one thing plus the same thing makes more of the same thing and i think about that in terms of um you know my friends and my family and just other people that i i meet and see um when i know someone who's suffering and in a state of you know anxiety or distress or anger or you know whether it is that they want to they want to discuss all the things that are going wrong in the world because they have a lot of momentum with that thought and it feels good it doesn't feel good to be in a place like that but it feels better to not be alone in a place like that and so we tend to think that it's that if we join that person there you know if we're if we empathize with someone and we feel those feelings with them that we're helping them in some way but we're really not we're just we're allowing them to feel less bad in that moment because they're not alone but we're not doing anything for their for their greater good um i believe and and it's uncomfortable for that person to experience the feeling of of having to really become aware of the gap between how they're feeling and how they want to feel but if we're able to like like with with a dog who needs some sort of rehabilitation like with a dog who needs some sort of rehabilitation or um correction or teaching we don't just leave them alone but we recognize their needs and then we provide for them what they need you know we 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 create that sense of being from within ourselves and that's it's just it's i this comes up over and 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 over again in my life because of course it's what i'm looking for you know i'm looking for um evidence of the effectiveness and the meaningfulness of the inside out process of how how does what i do in my inner world affect my outer world how does what i do in my inner world affect my relationships how does what i do in my inner world affect the way that i see things and the way that i feel about things even things that yeah and it's so interesting to me obviously that's why i'm the one talking about it um but i yeah and even like when it comes to helping someone with a problem i don't think providing a solution like telling them what they should do or laying down the facts is even really all that helpful a lot of the time um hmm. oh, there's a crow who just came to eat in front of me i love crows i like i didn't used to like them but I love them now. <laughs> hey, little fella. What you doing up there? Oh, I just found myself something. Just trying to swallow it. Oh, I'm just going to sharpen my beak a little bit. It's neat that they do that, huh? They sharpen their beaks. Well, I don't know, actually know if that's what they're doing, but I like to imagine that's what they're doing. It would make sense, right? If you were a bird and you wanted to like peck at stuff to keep your keep your your pecking apparatus sharp. Would you call it an apparatus? I don't know. Uh, 
I don't know. But you know what I do know? Is that uh, at the core of who we are, I, like I know who you are because it's who we all are. You know, I know who I am because it's who we all are. And we, yeah, we all share this thing. The source, this thing that we all come from is the same. But we all get to do different things with it. You know, like again with trees, for example, um, the th the same thing that that breathes life into trees is the same thing that breathes life into us. You know, but you see these trees of all different shapes, sizes, purposes. Food trees, foods that I mean, trees that are not for food. You know, there's all kinds of different plants that serve all kinds of different purposes and take up all and take up space in all kinds of different ways and support one another in different ways. And you have some plants that like grow best together and you know, they help one another out. And again, we're like, we're, it's not that we're, we're, we're absolutely like trees, but you can definitely draw parallels and make connections like you can with absolutely anything. Like I said, cause that's my thing. I love making connections. Why do you love making connections, Latea? Um, because it feels good because it feels good to not be lost. It feels good to gain clarity. It feels good for, to make sense of things in a way that resonates at, on a deeper level than just making sense conceptually in my intellectual mind. Um, yeah. When you feel something to be true, it just is such a game changer. Oh boy. I'm just sitting outside my work and I just saw a dog go inside who is a hyper dog. She's a little bit cray-cray. I don't know if people are still saying that these days. I probably never really used to say it, but I'm going to say it now for some reason. Um, so, looking forward to practicing managing my energy levels. I'm not responding to her because she will just, she'll just like stand and just bark at you and go, bark, 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 bark. And she just cannot relax. But then she'll play with some dogs. As long as she's playing with another dog, she's happy, she's satisfied. But as soon as she's not distracted, she is unsettled. You know, like a lot of people, sound familiar? Does anybody know that feeling? Where you have to keep yourself busy, 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 talking to someone, talking to someone, talking to someone, playing a game, doing something, reading something, you know, like can never just be, can never relax, you know? Tui, her name's Tui. She hasn't gotten to the point yet where she can just chill out. She can be okay, you know, when her friends get tired, she's like, okay, you know what, that's cool. I'm gonna go lay down. I'm just gonna go chill in the sun or on the couch. I'm gonna do me, you know? She's not there yet. And so hopefully I can help facilitate a little bit of a sense of uh, ease and comfort for her today. And if I can't, I won't give up. We got maybe tomorrow and if not, next Wednesday. I'm recording this on Wednesday. Just in case I release it on Friday, I haven't decided yet. Anyways. Ooh, and another little tidbit about trees and connection is, okay, so back to how their roots are all interconnected, underground, yada, yada, yada. I'm really sorry about this, uh, the fact that there's, like, cars and stuff that drive by me, but when an idea strikes, you just gotta let it out, okay? I've just, this, this is the way that I'm doing things, just letting it flow, letting it flow, letting it flow, letting it go as it comes, you know? Letting it come out as it, as it comes up, you know? Up and out, like puke, right? Just like vomit. Just, just, um, just, <laughs> word vomit made of love. Doesn't it sound so beautiful? 
Can't you just feel it? The love vomit? Don't you just feel so just moved and just warm and ooey and gooey because of my love of puke? Puke love? Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop with that. But what I did want to say was um, to make to make that connection, um, imagine, you know, again, like as if us as individuals, we each represent a tree and we're all interwoven and connected with one another at a deeper level. May I? Ha ha ha. You know, it's good to have some depth. And, and sometimes at a shallow level, you know, sometimes we can communicate in a way that, you know, doesn't really go beyond much of this physical realm because a lot of this physical stuff is meant to be enjoyed that's the whole point you know it's not about like becoming a purely all spiritual so spiritual that you're out of touch with reality because reality is the, is where the magic happens reality is like where all the 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 sweet stuff is you know reality is where we get to enjoy everything that we create and it's just like so delicious and beautiful and wonderful and wonderful and that's really why i want to connect more with people um and that's why i'm doing this podcast because i want to connect with people and for myself I need to get over this hump of like this block of of being worried about what other people think of me and how they perceive me in real life interactions I actually I don't say nearly as much or um I mean sometimes I say some stuff you know but um but there's definitely like a barrier there because I'm always and trying I'm thinking about how they perceive me and that's a lesson that I hope that I learn here for myself I'm just going to keep repeating it over and over and over again is that other perceptions of me is not my business no matter what I can never ever ever control or really influence how someone else sees me um and if and if I, that's where I put my energy it's going to be absolutely exhausting it's going to be a really rough time um and it's going to take away my own enjoyment of my own life so not about that right and I think my understanding is people who know me people who know me like you know love me and appreciate me appreciate appreciate me and um and one of the things that they appreciate is that I am my authentic self you know like when I actually do express myself the way that I want to and just the the most genuine authentic way that I can I get good feedback but still still because I'm a human I introduce resistance and I introduce doubt and I like you know I develop these thinking traps because your mind is a little trickster and uh, you got to learn to even manage is not the right word. It's like to work with it, know its role, know what it's capable of and know how to use it as a partner, as a teammate. You know, we can do that with other people, too. Don't focus on the thing that makes it difficult. Don't focus on the struggle. Focus on how you can work with it, because, you know, my mind, my spirit, my emotions, my body, they all serve different functions and they're not meant to be to do the job of one another they're meant to work together collectively to create the whole to uh allow for life and growth and um sensation and expression and communication and understanding and uh, all the good stuff um and i didn't even get to the point that i wanted to make which was that with one another i think we should want to connect we should connect and 
and but not okay we should look at me telling us what we should do as if I'm fucking in charge we should do whatever feels right we should do whatever we want to do but I value human connection I think it's important so long as you don't forget who you are above ground you know as long as you don't think that you need to be that other tree that your roots are entangled with because you don't you're your own tree you're your own person you're your own little piece of life experiencing itself in this body in this beautiful world that that we are as much the creators of as we are the livers of it livers of it sounds like a bunch of piece of organs walking around which i mean it's not really wrong now let me tell you let me tell you one thing only one just kidding so many um but one thing that i love (laughs) one thing that i love love about my life (laughs) is that i get to learn from everything i do and i don't think that's because people are out there actively trying to teach me things but it's because I am always looking to learn. Always looking to learn. Always looking to make connections between things that seem unrelated. Um, And yeah, I love exploring the interconnectedness and the interwoven nature of different elements of this life. I think it's really fantastic. Um, I think about people and our relationships and stuff sometimes I imagine like when I look at a really tall tree standing up out of the ground and I imagine wow how how far down into the earth must the the roots of that tree go and how how far or how wide, you know, how much do those roots expand and not only like expand through the earth and around the ground, but how much is it interwoven and interconnected with all the other trees and plants around it. And I think that, I think about that, I imagine people like our physical bodies, you know, us here in our physical form, looking like we're separate from one another yet beneath the surface it's all interwoven and interconnected and communicating and together and really supportive you know I think it's so neat to see these like very very tall 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 trees and I just think wow it's so crazy that that's even standing up straight and not you know getting knocked over by the wind or things like that And it all is thanks to the support that it has beneath the surface with the earth itself, but all the other plants and trees around that are connected in some way that is not seen by the naked eye. They're all derived from the same source and rooted in the same place yet they live different lives 
per se. They have different bodies. They have different points of view, you know, as they exist in different places. Yet, they are all coming from the same place, in a sense. And I love that. I do. And I like to think about us being that way, too. Even though we're in different bodies and we have different thoughts and we see things differently, the the thing that allows us all to be is essentially the same. That thing inside us all that is life itself is the same. And without it, we would cease to be. And the fact that that thing is impossible to be seen, how do we know that it's not connected between all of us, always? I heard something, um, an idea that my friend said to me and then someone else actually sent me something that expressed the same thing through uh, some sort of Hindu teaching. But what my friend said, his name's Johan, he's the best. (laughs) Um, He said, your soul is not in your body, your body is in your soul. And I don't know if that means anything to any of you guys but to me I was oh I was like yeah wow I I feel that you know I feel that so much to be true um so cool anyways this isn't even I didn't come here to talk about trees today I came here to talk about dogs I want what did I want Oh, yes. Okay, so here's an idea of things that don't necessarily go together, but actually do because everything can be compared to everything else. Not even compared, that's not what I mean, but um, isn't it neat how sometimes to understand something we use analogies and we express an idea using subjects that have absolutely nothing to do with the idea, but actually make it easier to understand. Isn't that so neat? Language is so neat. Anyway, so today, um, as per usual, you know, I like to think about how our thoughts and our intellectual minds and our, you know, the thoughts that we think affect um, the way that we see the world and the way that we experience the world and the relationships that we have with other people and the relationships that we have with ourselves and the experiences that we have and um, all of the things. And so um, I work with dogs. Uh, I did say that before, but just in case this is your first time here, welcome to my podcast. And also (laughs) I work with dogs, just so you know. So it's a yay no. <laughs> um, now, dogs do such a fantastic job at teaching me to train my thinking patterns. Oh, how do they do that, Latea? Okay, let me just tell you. 
Um, sometimes we'll look at a behavior of a dog and we like personify it. We'll describe it in a certain way as if the dog was a human and what that actually does is it causes us to misunderstand the dog and what the dog is expressing. When a dog is behaving in any any sort of behavior that we perceive as misbehavior is generally the dog expressing a need that's not being met. A dog that runs around like crazy or is destructive towards, you know, our precious belongings um, has a lot of energy that it needs to expel or express and it needs somewhere, it needs an outlet, you know, it needs something to, somewhere to direct that energy so that it doesn't come out in a destructive manner. And that can be said the same for our minds, you know, as conscious beings, it's our responsibility to guide our thoughts and recognize when our thoughts are gathering momentum and in a destructive manner and redirect it to to something that's more uh, beneficial. Um, but actually, be honestly, a struggle of mine a little bit is communicating with people. It's another reason why I love dogs so much because they're so simple. They're so easy. They're not out there thinking, thinking things about me, really. They're just responding to me in the here and now, here and now, here and now, here and now. And the problem only really comes when when we keep telling a story in our mind and then the dogs respond to the way that we feel about the story that we're telling. Yeah, in order to change a dog's behavior, um, one, I have to understand the behavior. So to see it as it is, not, not see it only through the lens of my idea of what I think it is. Um, so I need to understand the nature of the dog and then be able to communicate with them in a way that they will understand. Um, and the in order to adjust or correct a dog's behavior, the first adjustment, it has to come from inside myself. If I want to make a dog um, act more calm, I need to first become calm. I cannot excitedly try to convince a dog to be calm if a dog is overexcited and I respond with excitement, what do you think will happen? They will get more excited. It will, the, if, you know, excitement plus excitement equals more excitement. You take one thing and you add that same thing, you get more of that thing. And so understanding uh, how, how to make those adjustments within myself is huge and even um okay so they so in terms of a way that I learned from dogs about correcting my own thinking patterns or stopping a thought from gathering too much momentum I can compare that to correcting a dog's behavior to effectively teach the dog for them to learn you know, what behavior we're actually trying to correct and a way to make it um, more easily correctable. I don't think that's how you would say it, but like in order to actually correct that behavior, you want to catch it before, before it gathers momentum. If a dog is 
um, reactive in any sort of aggressive manner. I want to be acutely aware and, and see it and catch it before it starts. You know, if I see the dog start to carry a little bit of tension in their body, um, I can make a, a sound or a snap, you know, by their ear or if, or give them a poke on the shoulder at the same time, you know, like just a little something just to distract them away from the thought and shift their focus. And so distract them and then give them something to do. So if there's a dog who is, I can see that this dog is focusing on something and by the way that it's carrying its, by the way that it's, um, by its body language or the amount of tension in its body, or maybe sometimes they'll, they'll move their nose or lip in a certain way. There'll just be like these tiny little things that, that I can see. And so that are the indicator that they're about to, um, display a certain behavior. Let's just use aggression as an example. So I don't want to wait for this dog to become aggressive to try to, to stop the behavior. I don't want to wait for this dog to be barking in a very excited manner to, to try to get the dog to stop. I don't want to wait for the dog to be lunging at something or someone, um, to, before I try to like control the dog, because that is similar to if you've had a thought and you start thinking a thought and you notice that it's gathering momentum, how do you know if it, if it's gathering momentum by the way that you feel, if you're noticing that you're feeling quite a strong negative emotion, your this thought has probably gotten away from you a little bit. And at that point, you definitely don't want to try to rein it back in, you know, because it's impossible. You can never undo a thought. You can't unthink anything. You can think more of it. You can either think a little bit more of it or you can think a lot more of it. And the more you try to resist or pull back or rein in that thought that is bothering you so much, the stronger and stronger it gets. Such as similar to like if you had a dog on a leash and this dog is starting to pull in an aggressive manner, the more you pull back, the more that they pull. Resistance is met with resistance. Resistance is met with resistance, you know? Opposing forces uh, just create more opposition. And so in a case where the momentum has already gathered, you can still correct it, but you don't want to pull back directly. It's still a matter of like get, uh, creating a distraction or some sort of something to like jolt either yourself out of the thought or the dog out of the um, that state, right? And I like to do the thing that, you know, Cesar Milan does if sometimes where you just give them a little poke, you know, and with a sound you know, something like that. And, and that's only meant to just, the way that he describes it is it resets the brain, basically. Is it like, it's just this thing that has stopped the momentum. It quickly just stopped it. And it could start up again, but if you take that moment, that instant where you stop it and then redirect, redirect, um, redirect the focus. Um, but obviously you don't want to wait for these things to like build momentum because the more momentum that gathers, the harder it is to stop. That's just, you know, what is that? Physics, right? Like you don't want to, if you put a, a car at the top of the hill and you put it in neutral and you 
give it a little nudge to start rolling down the hill, you could probably stop it at the beginning of the hill if you're like, oh shit, and just stand in front of the car and don't let it start going down the hill. But you don't want to be down at the bottom of the hill trying to stop that car. You will get mowed right over. Um, and understanding, having a basic understanding of momentum and having the awareness of how, how much easier it is to catch it before it starts um, is such a valuable tool. So not only is it most effective to catch it before it gathers momentum, a dog's behavior or um, our own thought patterns, but it's, it requires consistent practice. It isn't a one-time deal. You don't correct a dog one time before they become excited about something and then suddenly the dog never gets excited about that thing ever again. It's consistently correcting it at the right time over and over and over and over again. And each time that you make that correction and redirect the focus, the dog gets to learn, they learn. And so for example, there's one dog that I have who becomes, she's reactive in the van and she can bark aggressively at other dogs when they get into the van. And even though we have them clipped in, it can still be like quite, um, quite scary to someone who doesn't know the dog or doesn't, you know, know that it's under control, okay? Um, and, but because I see this dog almost every day, we have a little routine. So I know that she's, I know how she reacts when she gets into the van because she'll jump in and she'll look into the back and if she sees a dog in there, she'll just automatically respond in an excited manner, um, barking. And so now instead of just letting her jump in the van and get excited, I get her to take a moment and sit and I make sure that I have her focus. So she's focused on me and then we have a little moment well, where I'll, I'll warn her, I'll just make some sort of, you know, um, I just basically communicate to her, to her that we're going to get in calm. I check my energy, I get her to sit, I, I make sure that I myself am calm and relaxed, I open the door, she gets in the chair, and I'll snap if she looks into the back, or if she starts to get a little bit tense, it's usually I'll just poke her on the shoulder and go, ah! And she'll turn around, sit down, and be calm for the rest of the way. And But I still do that every single time with her, but her reactivity in the van has gotten significantly less. Now if she does bark, she'll bark like one time, um, but most of the time she doesn't make a peep. And then she'll just sit in the van, and it's a relaxed time, and it's really nice and easy. But if I just let her hop in the van when she's excited and she starts barking and I let her become escalated, then it takes a lot more energy to bring her back into a calm state and it and it it just kind of like gets everybody in a heightened emotional um, state and that happens with your thoughts as well. Again, like if you if you let it snowball and like become this really big thing that's a lot more difficult to bring back so being able to recognize when these things are happening and catch them in the early stages is so huge and so anyways Canelo taught me that but another thing 
that affects the way that the dogs react is our expectation of them. So because we recall experiences and we remember past experiences and we bring those experiences with us into the present moment all the time, how often do we um, not want to do something if we've had a bad experience with it before or when someone, say somebody cancels plans on us a number of times, we then assume that that person isn't going to come and eventually you stop inviting them because we have this expectation that they're going to still do the same thing. And we do the same thing with dogs where if a dog has misbehaved or displayed a certain behavior enough times, we now expect that of them. And if it's a behavior that makes us feel tense or we're anticipating some sort of um, aggressive behavior, we carry this tension and it actually amplifies the behavior. Um, so in that sense, in order to, if I want a dog to no longer have that reactivity, I can't carry that tension within me. And so in that sense, these, these dogs are such good teachers of, of inner peace. You know, they teach me how to be aware of my own emotions and how to regulate my own emotions and how to cultivate a calm state even amidst a chaotic environment so that I can provide that for them to feel and then reflect back to me. And uh, yeah, they're teachers of directing focus. They teach me how to redirect my thoughts in the same way that I would redirect them if they're fixated on something. So it's, it's great to have these like physical animals taking up real space and being impossible to ignore to represent thinking patterns that I might have in myself and it's just really cool to be able to to use my experiences in my waking life while working with these dogs redirecting these dogs from um, being overly excited or fixating on a certain dog that doesn't want to engage with them and just going, you know, getting the dog's attention and going, come this way, come this way, and getting the dog to follow me for a little while. And I can imagine, I can play with that idea and imagine instead of it being a dog, having it be my thoughts. You know, if I have a thought that's really focused on going in one direction, but I know that it's not going to end well for me, I can summon up another part of myself to, to snap me out of it and go, come this way, follow me, come this way, come this way, come over here and then distract me and take me away from that that thought that might be leading me down a, a path that is, is not in favor of what it is that I want or who I am or who I want to be and is not going to bring me, you know, peace and love and <laughs> good relationships. <laughs> um, man... And also the dogs are just so funny. They're so great. But they teach me patience. They teach me forgiveness. They teach me self-awareness. They teach me the importance of trust, of respect, and of love. They teach me how to communicate efficiently and also to... Um, what's the word? Cater. Cater my communication style to the individual. There's so many things that these dogs teach me. And I love it. 
It's so satisfying and so fulfilling. And these animals have so much to give and so much to share and, and, and they love to learn from us as much as we love to learn from them. And as long as they're given direction and guidance and leadership, then they're incredible. You know, they're fantastic to be left to their own devices. You know, they don't, they don't need to be controlled. You know, there's a difference between having a dog on a tight leash where you're just holding them with a tight grip, very, very tight the entire time and having a dog who is trained to walk beside or behind you with very little, if any, tension on the leash. And again, you can take the physical dog and replace it with your mind, your thinking mind. There's a difference between controlling your thoughts and trying to manage the way that you think. And there's a difference between trusting your thoughts and understanding that when you think a thought that might seem alarming, that it doesn't need to get carried away, that you can correct it, that you can shift your focus, that you can get it to follow you in a different direction and lead it down a different path and to develop a relationship with your thinking mind that doesn't involve conflict or control or is rigidity a word? Because that sounds kind of crazy. Rigidity. Rigidity. Anyways, but um, yeah, so that's a long way of saying that I love dogs, I love learning, and I love life, and I love you for listening to this, so thank you so much for being here for the love of life. <laughs>